This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. We are here. Uh, really excited today. Got a special guest. Like I've told you, we're going to have some of these special guest episodes today. We got Steve Miggs from BJ and Miggs on 99.9 KISW yes. in Seattle or right here on the Odyssey app. That was a plug for the Odyssey app. Or wherever else you get podcasts. We can get these right, Steve. You can download these podcasts even if you're not in Seattle or you don't get up at yep. 5 to 10 in the morning. The beauty of the internet now. You can hear anything anywhere. The beauty and also, I think, like the downfall in a sense. Like you can't be like, oh, no one's ever going to hear that. And it lives forever. <laughs> yeah. And you also might know, Steve, from the Megacast. I'm a subscriber. It's a great, great podcast. Uh Love that show. You're also a drummer. And yes. most importantly, you're a pro wrestler. And <laughs> yeah. so, like, I, we got put together here by our friend CJ, who might uh, join us. He's got one of those those important jobs where you got those yeah. important meetings. But he's, he's going to jump in here in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I feel like our, my, our friends just put us together to talk here today. It feels kind of feels like that daily kind of feel. We just kind of chatted here before we started recording. Yeah, had the appetizers. Yes, yes. Um, but, you know, for some of the listeners, uh, you know, that maybe aren't in Seattle and stuff, uh, let's just talk a bit about, like, you know, your background in radio and your journey and what's going on with you. Um, I guess to go all the way back, I, I, I've been a fan of radio my entire life. Uh, that's, you know, grew up listening to like Howard Stern and, and the world of sports. I grew up in New York. So uh, I was a big fan of WFAN, which is, a, I think it's now an Odyssey station. They've bounced around from everywhere. But uh, there was a guy, Steve Summers, who used to, I think he recently just retired, but he would do the overnight show. And it was like my buddies, all of us in high school, that was like our, we were nerds. We were just dorks. We love sports. We love talking hockey. We love talking anything, but mainly hockey. But like it was like bragging rights if you could get on the air. Not now knowing how radio is, like getting on the air in the overnights, not as hard as you think. But when you're a teenager, <laughs> you're thinking like this is the hardest thing ever. And when you got through, you go into school the next day, like, did you hear me on the radio talk about the devils? And so that kind of got my love for, oh wow, this is like exhilarating. Like that that moment when you know you're on the air and you hear that like that weird like static sound that they would yeah. put you through, and you knew like, okay, I'm I'm live on the air. This is like there's no net. Uh and I just 
I fell in love with that. And I mean, I already loved listening to like guys like Howard and other radio shows where I was like, I always found a lot of people loved Howard because back when I was growing up, it was more about the, like the TNA type stuff. Like the, yeah. that was more of his style. Now he's become this incredible interviewer that doesn't rely on that kind of stuff. He, I mean, obviously still says stuff that maybe pushes buttons, but back then that was his show was being real shocking. And what I found fascinating was the stuff about the people behind the scenes, whenever he would give a hard time to his producers or his engineer and like talk about the inside rate. I was like, that is some fascinating stuff. And so that was always a goal and a dream. One day I could be on the radio did college radio in college, upstate New York, uh, decided on a whim, I'm going to move to Seattle just to see what it's like. I was enamored with the Seattle music scene, uh, just the, the the culture of Seattle. I just wanted to know what it was like. I was like, instead of just going there as a, a vacation, I'm going to see if I can live there. And if I don't like it, I'll move back home. Like, it's not the end of the world. I'm 20-something. I've got no responsibilities. I have no bills. Um, but what I did have is no safety net by going to Seattle because I wasn't living at home. And I didn't have my parents. They, they couldn't provide for me. They couldn't afford to put me up in Seattle. So it was kind of like one of those like poop or get off the pot type of things where it's like, you know, I'm there and it's up to me to succeed. And if I don't, I'm homeless and I have to move back home with my tail between my legs. So that kind of forced me to really grind it out. And I mean, I took whatever radio job I could get. And honestly, my first radio job was working on an AM radio station that was a Spanish radio station. Everyone spoke Spanish, the DJs, the music. I don't speak Spanish. So I'm running the board for them and like just waiting for them to point at me or say una pausa and I would hit. But the beauty was I was in a radio station. I was getting experience in a major market. And when they were not there and I would work sometimes until like one in the morning, like from 8 p.m. on, I'm running like pre-recorded crap. I could just mess around in one of the production rooms and, and, and work on a demo tape and work on this and work on that. So and, and that, got, that got my foot in the door in Seattle. And then the rest was kind of history. I like, took a producing job at the end, the alt-rock station, yeah. uh, worked my way on the air, worked my way to becoming a co-host. Then eventually we left there to try a different uh, station in town that was a new format, like an alternative rock competitor that failed miserably. We got fired. What was the name of that one? The K-Rock. K oh, the K oh, K Rock. Yeah, try to piggyback on the LA K-Rock. And it was more of like a classic alternative rock focused more on like the cure depeche mode nirvana allison chains right. uh and it was a great station it just they did no marketing so it was like you build a brand new state and i i know that sounds like an excuse and you know at the end of the day we didn't do well ratings all of us on the station so excuses or not it, it failed but you know when you have a brand new station and you don't market it how are people supposed to find out about it so it, it never took off and after a year they just pulled the plug and then it became jack which is still now to this day which is kind of like throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. Like it's just music for everybody. And, it, and it's a great station, but that's what we ended up getting fired for was to become one of those Jack stations. And then yeah, they, got hired uh, at KSW. Yeah. They have that artificial intelligence D, uh, <laughs> DJ over there. Don't they? they uh, they've been doing that before we even had artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then got hired at KSW and almost had to start over again. Like I got hired to be a producer was not hired to be on the air, but I, I had, I, it's weird. I'm like the most strange, cocky person in a sense. Like I'm very insecure, self-deprecating, massive anxiety, but I also, there is underneath all that I do have faith and belief that if I bust my ass, I will succeed. Uh, so it's like this weird struggle that I have where I'm like, I, 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 I don't understand why I'm succeeding, but I know if I try hard enough and I, I, I put my, 
I, I, I say focus, I will. And, and fortunately that, that's worked out for me. So maybe that's, what's given me this blind hope for the last 20 years. Uh, but I mean, it's been a, I, I just knew, give me a foot in the door. Eventually I'll make my way on the air and then eventually became the co-host of the BJ and Mig show. And the rest has kind of been history, but so long story to, to where I'm at, but that's like the shortest version of the past 20 years of my life that I can give. And then here I am still doing it, working in this industry that I love so much, uh, getting to talk on the radio and entertain people while they're stuck in traffic. Yeah. That's, I mean, sustainability. I know the Mariners talk about sustainability. Uh, I mean, your, 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 your show's been on for, a, you know, I know that you guys renewed this a few years ago, right? Yep. And you guys have just been there and a staple and you're on this staple of a station that's been there for over 50 years. I mean, yeah. I I grew up in Seattle um, with mm-hmm. Fallon High School, and uh, I mean I remember KISW Rock before I was even into rock, you know. And yeah. as you know, I was in that age group of like the, when the alternative big Seattle uh, music scene hit. It's a little too young. Like I was a little, I was a yeah. K. I, I was, I'll admit it. I was a KUBE Eric Powers. Oh yeah, Shelly- I saw Eric. I saw Eric in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> He works at our sister station, Hot. Now when I go home, it, you know, if I'm not listening to sports radio, it's KSW or it's uh, the end. But KSW Rock, one thing I do really remember about them was their hydroplane. hydroplane yeah. The Miss Rock. Miss Rock. And we yeah. brought it back for a few years. I, I, a yeah. couple years ago, it was back up and running. And it was pretty cool to see that kind of history come back. It's funny you mentioned the end because when I first got the job at the end, you know, I was a fan of the music scene. So getting to work at the station that helped break some of those bands was just like, whoa, this is crazy. I'm getting to be there. And right after I started, that's when the real world started. Uh, if you remember, yeah. I mean, for anyone in their like late 30s and on, you probably remember when the real world came to Seattle. And I'm sure it's out there on social media, but their job, because they would make every every cast would have a job to do as a team. Their job was to work at a radio station. And it was our station. I'm like, I'm in my 20s. I'm a fan of the real world. I just got my dream job working at the end. And now we have a big company meeting uh, literally months after I took the job to say, hey, the real world is going to work here, too. And I was just like. The real world was huge back then. I mean, now, you know, that was a huge, huge thing back then. And yes, I do. There was the slap heard around the world on, on that season down on the waterfront. Yeah, I remember being. Uh, running, hanging out with the guy, Stephen, that the, was the guy who did the slap that night. And it was, I mean, the, 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 if anyone's seen it, that was a big part of the show. Cause like this woman on the show was kind of pushing his buttons for a while and he snapped and he slapped her. And it was just like, dude, you can't do that. Obviously. Irene, uh, to, right. Irene. I, yeah. yeah. And all of them were great. Like, honestly, like I, a lot of people like they, they obviously there it's a reality show that's not so real at times, but I remember coming here to the station and he was at the station in the mail room in tears. And I remember walking in there and I had a pretty good, rela- he was one of the people I was like knew better than most. I feel I was like, Hey dude, what's going on? And he, he explained everything. And it was just like, Holy crap, dude. Like you're, and it wasn't like meant as a joke, but I'm like, you're now going to be that guy. You're that like, yeah. you became that guy. You went from being not that guy to like in a moment of a terrible decision, like now you'll forever be the guy that did the slot. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and if that happened, you, you are remember that. And if it happened now, it'd even be a billion times. It would. Yeah. So, 
man, that 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 you just opened Pandora's box of that uh, <laughs> that that real world.